This is Steve Matter, CEO and Principal of MW Group and Principal Broker of MW Commercial Realty, Inc. Can you tell us why people should listen to this show? I'm sure that there's some takeaways. What a lot of the takeaways will probably be is that people that have been successful in business are experiencing the same things you're experiencing now. And, it, and somehow, if that helps you get through it, I think it's worth it. The other thing is, technically, there's probably tools that you can pick up from a show like this and also other resources. So I think it's a worthwhile venture. Greater Good Radio. I use it as a rule of thumb that I'm trying to get about five times my money in three years or ten times my money in five years. Hi, we can design your home in one minute or less. Inspire. If you are doing your passion on a daily basis, then you're never going to have to work a day in your life. Greater Good Radio, brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, fiercely loyal banking. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where we develop tomorrow's leaders by bringing you up close and personal with today's top business people. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your special guest host today, Darren Kimura. And today we turn the tables on Greater Goods Radio's co-host. This show is brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, fiercely loyal banking. Our show today features Evan and Carrie Leong, the founders and owners of EK Ventures LLC, parent company of Bubble Tea Supply, and the creators of this show, Greater Good Radio. This is a special edition of Greater Good Radio focused on helping us get to know the host of Greater Good Radio better and to serve as a gauge on their progress in their business careers and as social entrepreneurs. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, Evan and Carrie. To follow your business careers, one needs a roadmap. Can you please start from the beginning and walk us through the different work experiences and into the different business ventures you have today? Thanks, Darren. Why don't you go with that one, Carrie? Well, when Evan and I first met, we met um, in a multi-level marketing company. And the multi-level marketing company was really beneficial in our education and our training because the CEO of that company um, believed in training and not just training from other people that thought they knew what they were doing, but he actually was a successful MLM salesperson. So he taught all of his sales force how to sell like he did. Everything that he learned along the way and how to be successful. So we learned from him. We also learned how to market things, how to market products. Um, after that, we Well, left- we also learned what not to do. That's true. Yeah. Now, let me ask you, multi-level marketing, what exactly does that mean? That's the kind of business where you know you recruit people and then they sell things and you sell products as well. Mm-hmm. I guess more familiar known ones would be like Amway or New Skin. And these are the ones that people call, oh, it's a pyramid deal. But it, we were really young and you know gives us an opportunity to do something. So, the, so actually, that type of business actually kind of promotes a little bit more, not so much just book skills, but really interpersonal skills, understanding psychology of individuals, because you have to recruit them to your business, explain the different marketing products and whatnot to them, and then have them take it to the market and bring in additional, I guess, recruits kind of as a structure, right? The MLM business is probably the hardest thing you'll ever do in your life. It is absolutely tough. You go through more rejection in one day than you'd probably go through in one year. I mean, it's really painful. If you've ever been in business and you ride that roller coaster, Try and ride it five times in the same day. 
Hmm. That that's the experience. But you grow really, really fast well, if you can make it. Yeah, that sounds really challenging. I mean, nonetheless, it sounds extremely challenging. But I'm sure you have to learn on the fly and whatnot. That's probably what contributed to making you better, you know, entrepreneurs as you as you progress in your careers. So from the the mar- the, the multi level, what what did you do next? Well, actually, we met a lot of good people in that company, and. Evan got a call from an acquaintance at that time who started his own mortgage company. And he was interested in having Evan do some sales and marketing and building of their company because they were less than a year old. And at that time, I was on summer break. And um, because I teach during the regular year, I was on summer break. I said, hey, you know, I want to go and see this person also. So why don't we go down together and just see what they have to offer? So we went down and we liked what we saw. We saw that there was a lot of growth and a lot of potential with the company. No, when you said go down, what exactly does that mean? Oh, I'm sorry. Go down. We went down to their office. Oh, go, oh I see. This was in California. When I'm you're... sorry. No, this is actually here in Hawaii. Oh. So um, I say down because it's down the street from our house. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So we went to their office and, you know, we saw the growth and potential that the company had. Um, they saw us more as recruiters because... You know, recruiting also you need sales ability and being that we were able to build such a big, large sales force with our multi-level marketing company, that's where they thought that the strength would be. So let me ask you one follow-up question with regards to multi-level. How successful were you doing that type of business? I mean, maybe in terms of, you know, relative, uh, I don't know what it's called, people underneath you? Uh, Our group at at the largest point, whether it's uh, active and inactive, were about 1,400 people. At one point, um, we, our position was what they called executive director, which was the second highest position in the company. I believe there was only a handful here in Hawaii and, you know, maybe a hundred or so nationwide. There were, how, how many people were there in the company? There were a million at least. There was a quite a bit of people in the company. And that, and in that company was the first time that we had a paycheck that was over 10 grand. Per month? Yeah, for the month. And amazing. Okay. But there was also a lot of months, way less than that, so you know it evens out. And there were still a lot of people that were making way more than that. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. They called the person above you your sponsor. My sponsor at the time was 23 years old, and his checks were about 30 grand a month. Wow. So and that's initially what caught our eye. It was like, man, this guy didn't graduate school. He's making a huge bank. And I think, especially as you're younger, you really that's what you see, right? It's like everything is about income and what can you make so how old were you guys at this time 20 okay great evan started when he was 20 i started at 22 yeah yes you're listening to greater good radio hawaii please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com today's special guests are evan and carrie leong owners of ek venture llc our show is brought to you by central pacific bank fiercely loyal banking now, Evan and Carrie, where we left off, we were kind of segmenting from your multi-level business exposure to your real estate opportunity. So let's pick up from there. So at that time, we decided to join that local company, and we were able to recruit approximately 50 new employees or real estate agents slash loan officers because they were a real estate and loan officer type of company. And we were doing so well. Um, with the company that the president and CEO asked us to be part of the core group to move to California and expand their company. But let me add on that too. 
that initial recruitment period was only six months. So the company went from almost an unknown in terms of numbers to one of the largest real estate companies in Hawaii in six months because primarily carry. Well, actually, at that time, we started dividing because, you know, working together, you learn your strengths. So my strength was actually recruiting people and building their employee base. And then Evan worked on marketing, marketing of the company, marketing of their product lines. So it was a really good teamwork effort from back then. Were you married at that time? Yes. Actually, our relationship evolved when we were doing the multi-level marketing company. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how does that form into what became, I guess, bubble tea? Take us, take us through the progression of that. Well, one thing that I thought was really important or key from the multi-level marketing company was that are you going to be a business or do you want to run a business? And the difference with that was if you are the business, like you know, a doctor or um, a restaurant owner, if you get sick or something happens or you go on vacation, most of the time your business stops earning income. Or are you going to run a business where you have employees, we can work with other people or hire other people to run the business so while you're sick or have something to take care of, your business still can earn income. And I think from that, Evan and myself, we were able to learn that we wanted to run a business. So that's how Evan um, structured Bubble Tea Supply. I think to add on that, what happened was after the initial period we were with the mortgage and real estate company, they wanted to go on a national type expansion, so we went up to raise funds. I set up all those appointments, and when it came down to it after that, they decided not to go that route. So there was a, a falling out because of a, a number of reasons, but I guess the silver lining around the cloud is that while we are up there, we found bubble tea, which is a drink with the fat straws and the tapioca balls, and we would drink it you know, two or three times a day. And at 350 or whatever it was, it started getting expensive, so we wanted to find out where we could get it ourselves, and that was the same time where we had decided to come back home to Hawaii so that I could finish up school and then we could start a family. And while I was finishing up school, then that's when we started Bubble Tea Supply because there was no supply available, there was no information available, and if we wanted to continue even drinking this product, we would have to bring it in ourselves anyway. So that's kind of how the thing got started. So how did you go about bringing it in? I mean, the, where did you go about learning about the rights, how to bring this business in that wasn't here at that time? We did a lot of research. Um, at the time, the internet was, was going pretty strong. It was 2001. So we did quite a bit of internet research. We went through family and friends. We did research at Small Business Development Center. They helped us out with our business plan initially. And then we just launched it. I mean, when we first launched it, we were doing all of the packing and shipping and everything after school and after she was done working, and we'd be doing it for hours. But once we were doing it where, you know, it wasn't one package anymore or two, because this, I mean, you have to do a lot. You take the order, you process the order, meaning data entry and all that, then you got to go out and you got to pack everything, and then you got to print a shipping label, you got to make sure that's all squared. You know, you got to, it takes about 20 minutes or so for each order. Now, bubble tea, when you it first. It was a lot of time. Was it was it initially an e-commerce type of of a deal or was it? It was kind of a whatever's kind of a deal. We we started to do some e-commerce things with the website because we were starting to get familiar with that, and then Carrie actually went door to door and started knocking on doors and taking product and showing them what we were doing. So it was kind of a combination of both. Thank you, Evan and Carrie. We'll talk more about that after the break. Stay tuned for more on Sports Radio fourteen twenty. 
This is Steve Matter, CEO and Principal of MW Group and Principal Broker of MW Commercial Realty, Inc., and you're listening to Carrie and Evan on Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Audi sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Greatergoodradio.com. Is managing your business finances taking up too much of your time? Welcome to the Money Minute from Central Pacific Bank. Today, we're talking with Gail E.G. Young, Vice President of Cash Management. For many business owners, streamlining operational processes and managing cash flow are two concerns that I often hear. The good news is cash management tools can simplify or even automate many of these processes for you. With online tools via the Internet, it's easy to take care of funds transfers, ACH, and wire transfer needs. Today, even payroll processing and tax payments can be handled online. By using these and other cash management tools, you can actually have more control over your finances with less effort. The time you save can allow you to refocus your energy on other important areas, such as new business development or sales growth. Today's Money Minute is brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, where you'll always find bankers that are fiercely loyal to you. Central Pacific Bank, member FDIC. This is Gail Jennings from HawaiiDiner.com and EverybodyEats.org. I read selectively all of the papers, but I tend to read more of the columns at Star Bulletin. A lot of it is I like Erica Engel. I like her column, The Buzz. I get good information from that. I like their coverage of the different issues. I like the Star Bulletin. Would you recommend other people to read Star Bulletin? Absolutely. I think we need to be as informed as possible. Star Bulletin. This is Jim Tollefson, President and CEO of the Chamber of Commerce of Hawaii. I definitely would recommend the Chamber of Commerce to others. The benefits are that you get to meet other businesses, get to work together with other businesses, and help you improve your business to make more money to be successful. If you're not a member already, you can give me a call, 545-4300, extension 388. I invite you to join us in creating a better Hawaii, a Hawaii that's better for us, for our children, and for the future. We're back with Evan and Carrie, owners of Bubble Tea Supply. In 2005, Bubble Tea Supply was awarded the Gold Medal Taste Award for the fourth straight year. So Evan and Carrie, can you continue talking to us about what Bubble Tea Supply is and how you got started? Well, I think once we got the thing off the ground and orders actually started coming in, we weren't prepared for the growth. So we both had full-time, I guess, work you would consider it. I was taking, I'll give you an example from January, from December till July, I completed 39 credits in school, and then Carrie was working. You know, it was it was really hard, so we couldn't be packing to two in the morning every night anymore. And we were doing the web ourselves, so there would be periods there where, 
for two days, I wouldn't leave my seat. I mean, I, I don't remember even opening the door to my house. And when we looked up, finally, we're like, well, this is, this is overwhelming. But what happened was a classmate of mine at school happened to have a fulfillment company, and we linked up with her initially. And then all of a sudden, it became a business. Is this about the time when you needed to go out and seek an, a loan, an SBA-type loan, to help take the business to the next level? Not yet. What happened was that was the, toward the middle part or ending part of 2001. And then what, after that, we decided that we were going to come up with a kit. And that's the kits that people saw in Costco or Long's. And we were going for retail distribution to get the, you know, the products out there in as many means and methods as we possibly could. So our, I mean, our revenue went up six times in one month by, by doing that. But the problem was is that we didn't have enough money to, to have the inventory, so we had to go and get a loan. That's when we talked to SBDC, and they helped us with the SBA loan. Um, we ended up getting that. But the problem with that is we had entrusted somebody to handle the ordering because he was supposed to know what's going on, and he ordered over a hundred grand worth of product, and demand stopped wow. for the retail. How old so were we you? threw it away. Wow, that's, that's really amazing. We threw away product that we didn't even own. Wow. We owed money on it. How old were you at that time? How old were we? Maybe 25. I was 25 and Evan was 26. No, I was about 29. Because it's 2001. 2001. I'm 20, I was 29. So now today, bubble tea is, is much more established. You know, a lot of the growing pains are out of the way. So where does the business stand today, and what are the plans for the business, I guess, in moving forward? I think for Bubble Tea Supply, it really got stable in the middle of 2002. What happened was the initial fulfillment company could not handle the, the um, amount of work anymore, and we were stuck because that carry was about five months pregnant. We were about a month away from going on a, a two- or three-week trip through Taiwan. We were stuck I, and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to do everything again. I'm going to have to deliver. I'm going to have to fulfill, take orders. We were, we were stuck. Oh yeah, and I was, I was delivering pregnant. Yeah, but yeah, she was wow. five or six months pregnant. So, another silver lining. We started going through the phone book. I found a company that was doing phone answering services. Went to talk to them about answering the phone because we had planned on them answering the phone for us, and then we would do the back end fulfillment at the foreign trade zone. But what happened was they were able to do it the fulfillment and everything, and we that's where we started our relationship with them in the middle of 2002. We've been with them ever since, and the relationship has been really excellent. That's what really opened up um, a lot of our time. Instead of doing a lot of day-to-day things, we could now do so that, real business development. In finding that fulfillment business, was that like a yellow page thing, or was that word yellow of mouth pages, thing? man. Amazing. But then we did find other people that used them and were happy with them. Yeah. So we were able to check the references mm-hmm. through people that we knew. A friend of mine who was doing the Hawaii that uh, hurricane popcorn also used them, so he had he had vouched for them also. Mm-hmm. So they're a credible source. Mm-hmm. So what happened to the SBA money at that time? Was it all saturated, but because of the loss from the previous endeavor? With luckily for us, the business picked up, and mm-hmm. we had paid that off after about a year and a half total. Wow, that's yeah. that's really good. Yeah, and um, and now we have no debt on that whatsoever. So where do We're, you want? I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to just say, where we are today, we distribute throughout North America, Canada, Guam, Saipan, and here. We concentrate primarily on these areas because there's international laws in terms of um, you know, food and, and products, and, it's, and importation is, is different for every country, and we didn't want to really deal with that. But so, one thing that, that we, we um, 
actually don't like is having physical inventory that is perishable on hand. I learned my lesson from throwing away a hundred grand worth of product, and now we focus on businesses that don't necessarily need to have physical inventory. So as far as this business is concerned today, what is your day-to-day routine, if there is any? Is there any marketing because you're in so many different locations throughout the country? That's for Carrie. <laughs> I think we're somewhat ha- hands-off. Um, Evan does do the periodical marketing emails or periodic e-commerce type of thing. And I handle the product and the inventory. Um, the fulfillment is handled by our fulfillment center. Our calls are handled by the fulfillment center and they're really incredible people that have a real grasp on their on their employees that provide better customer service that Evan and I could ever provide. Um, and then myself, I just pretty much take care of the bills and problems that occur that might happen with customer service. I think one thing to really notice is that our company for this is what they call virtual. So we actually don't necessarily have physical office space. We do have physical office space on Liliha Street where you know we distribute out of and so on. However, everything else is virtual. Accounting, legal is outsourced. Fulfillment is outsourced. Warehousing is outsourced. Shipping is outsourced. Um, web, computer is outsourced. So people always ask, well, what exactly do you do? Well, what we do is we determine how this outsourcing all comes together because managing all the pieces of the pie is actually pretty difficult. It's an art to be able to put it together. And more importantly, being able to create relationships with people and to make sure that those relationships continue. That's probably the hardest part about most businesses or most partnerships. You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Today's guests are Evan and Carrie Leong, co-hosts of Greater Good Radio Hawaii, a radio and internet podcast show dedicated at promoting social entrepreneurship. Greater Good Radio celebrated its 100th show on December 30, 2005. Greater Good Radio is brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, fiercely loyal banking. So Evan and Carrie, where we left off, we were talking about how Bubble Tea is now pretty much virtual, that you can manage the, the organization but not actually having to physically be there every day. And and what obviously drew me into the show is this Greater Good Radio concept of social entrepreneurship. Bridge the gap for me. Explain to me how this came to be. What happened with Bubble Tea Supplies, it was running very nicely. Um, there was a period where I could go back to school, so I ended up going back and um, pursuing an executive MBA. Also, I was coaching track at Punahou School, and we were coaching pole vault. And what happened was we ended up coaching the girls' pole vault. At first, I was like, I don't know if I want to coach girls but let me tell you if you're going to coach girls are way better to coach because they listen and they try really hard i mean it's just a pleasure coaching the girls and they bake yeah they bake when we have baked stuff the guys i mean they don't even bring anything but the girls have everything squared away and we sell out so that's always good for fundraisers but i ended up coaching one of the girls on my team uh, her father is a very prominent business person here in town. His name is Dwayne Carisu. A lot of people know of him. He owns this radio station. And I met with Dwayne for one primary reason, and that was how to become a multi-multi-millionaire so that I could become you know, big-time business person. And what I left with that conversation was t- something totally, totally different. We initially sat down, and he talked to me about leverage, which is a business concept that is, is not unfamiliar. Leverage is where you can put in one ounce of effort and you get a thousand ounces out. He was talking about scholarships where they had a foundation, they would pay a staff member, let's say, $3,000 a month in salary. 
but the staff member would get them scholarships worth over a hundred thousand dollars. It was full ride. So three grand got you a hundred. And I thought, wow, that's a great concept. What's next? He said, this is the most important. And I said, okay, I'm ready. He goes, I won't do any business that doesn't help the community. So I was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. He's like, no, I just told you the concept. I was like, what? He goes, I won't do any business unless it helps the community. And then he went through and talked about Punalu Bake Shop and how that gives back to the community. Hawaii Winter Baseball League and how that gave back to the community, his AIO group. And that completely tweaked my mind, completely, because I couldn't argue with his success, but it was so foreign to me. I always thought that you make your money and then you do community things later in life um, when you get old. So the concept of, of Greater Good Radio really is one of leverage, where now you can you share your message with the listeners and have them... I guess, implemented in their daily lives and convince other people to, to listen to the show and, and implement social entrepreneurship in their lives as well. Part just- of it. Part of it. What, what happened was with this whole concept of uh, kind of social entrepreneurship or businesses helping the community, I thought, wouldn't it be great if you could create partnerships between nonprofit organizations and uh, businesses that made bottom line dollar sense for the business to do it as well as it made sense for the nonprofit to do it? If you had something like that, you could get the greediest person in the world to do it because they'd make more money. So the only thing missing from that was a media aspect where we could promote it, we could bring light to it, because these aren't things that are normally taught in school. They're not taught almost anywhere, really. So when it came time to go and look for the media to back it up, nobody wanted to do it. So what happened was, toward the end of the executive MBA, I said, you know what, we'll do it. And we'll just put our money from Bubble Tea Supply into this project, and what we'll do is we'll interview the most successful business people in town that do things for the community, and we'll highlight that aspect, and then we'll use media as the leverage, meaning internet, print, radio, um, maybe television, maybe satellite, national syndication, things like that. So, Kerry, what did you think when Evan came home and said, hey, we're going to take all of our money for bubble tea, and we're going to do this idea to promote social entrepreneurship? I was for it because, you know, as you said, you're raised with the thought to give back to the community, but I thought that you need to make all the money in the world first, and then when you're satisfied, then you give back to the community. And at that time, we weren't making all the money in the world, but we were living a good enough lifestyle where we were comfortable, we weren't stressing out, and it was time to give back to the community. So him saying that it's our time, I agreed with it. So, so who came up with the idea to do a podcast? Podcast kind of came about at the same time and I thought that was initially going to be what we would do. We'd do it as a podcast, and then we could expand it without having a lot of cost. We could do it via the Internet. But then there was a couple of constraints that happened. One, there was really no uh, credibility for a podcast. You know, I can't tell uh, Walter Dodds to come to my house so I can broadcast him on the Internet. It just doesn't work. And then what came about was the radio. We could, you know, actually have a radio show and things just kind of happened organically. But now we're in uh, twice a week on KKEA, which is Sports Radio 1420. We're also on the web. We also have columns in Oceanic, Star Bulletin, um, PacificNews.net. We have partnerships with the Chamber of Commerce of Hawaii, uh, partnerships with the Small Business Development Center, and we're adding more on every week, basically, because these are organizations and companies that share the same vision, which is a better Hawaii. And the way that we can really create that is by bringing an awareness level out and showing the various successful ways that um, it can be done and people can copy it. So now, now that you're out of out of bubble tea, more or less, I mean, what what is the amount of time that you both dedicate to the show, Greater Good Radio? 
if you were to, I don't know, put together a rough percentage of your time? I would say right now probably about 60 hours a week. Wow. And Carrie? 10, 10 hours a week. That's a lot. That's like a full-time job right well, she's there. She's got to run bubble tea also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it is. I'm spending almost all of my time on this, which actually in some points is detrimental to other things, but this is something that we really believe in. Um, it's, it has a lot of legs. We've got momentum and a lot of support now. And to take this to the next level, it, it requires a lot of focus and energy. So it, we're willing to put that in. Thank you, Evan and Carrie, for joining us today on Greater Good Radio Hawaii. For more information on today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is Darren Kimura, your host for this special episode, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio Hawaii. This show today is brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, fiercely loyal banking. Aloha, this is Gail Jennings from HawaiiDiner.com and EverybodyEats.org. I think that if you're an entrepreneur or entrepreneur or you own a business or anything like that, you get a lot of good information. I find that one of the most important things about Greater Good Radio is listening to people who are successful and listening to the fact that it's not always easy for them. And you, you just get inspired by it. And a lot of people, you know, they read these self-help books or motivational books, and those are good, but I like hearing the real stories. I like hearing about people who've actually been down in the swamp draining it, you know, and, you know, the alligators are nipping at them, but they manage, they slog through, they survive, they thrive. And there's just something exciting about people who are doing things that they love to do and doing it successfully. Please stay tuned to Sports Radio 1420 for another intriguing episode of Greater Good Radio Hawaii.